everyone. Welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin as we tackle Ottoman bonus track off of Contra, but originally released uh, as the B-side of the holiday single, I believe in 2008. So pretty early before Contra was released. Um, And it was also originally featured on Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. Have you ever seen that movie, Kevin? No, I haven't. And um, I, 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 it seems cool. It seems the sort of thing I would enjoy. Like, it seems like actually a pretty fun plot. Um, like, this era of Michael Cera's career was just, like, full of movies that were absolutely 100% worth watching. Like, Superbad is straight up one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, a lot of that humor has not aged well, but <laughs> still, straight up one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um this was also the same time as um, shoot Juno was around then too, right? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, the so, dude, the dude was cooking then, um, and I haven't seen this, but apparently it's good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's kind of weird. It's like Michael Sarah, and then I think it's like Kat Dennings is her name, the girl from Thor and Kat Dennings. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, and two broke girls. But anyway, um, the songs actually, I, I went back to figure out when the song is played and apparently it's just when the end credits start so it doesn't really have any plot significance interesting okay um but um yeah it's actually leaving amazon prime in five days so once again oh, we are the center well, maybe, of the maybe i'll try and get maybe i'll try and get bored later this week that sounds like fun. <laughs> um something funny i saw not funny but interesting someone was did a write-up on this um um, there's like a Tumblr blog I found on this uh, this song, and someone mentioned that the uh, the theme for Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist, um, which is just one of the songs on the soundtrack, was composed by Mark Mothersbaugh, who was the lead singer and keyboardist in Devo, but later on ended up doing a number of uh, so- soundtracks with uh, Wes Anderson. Wow. So this whole thing is kind of like it's there you know and nick and nora from what i can gather is not a wes anderson movie but this is a wes anderson song interesting you know it feels no idea yeah it was just a fun little little trivia tidbit yeah i could definitely see this being in a wes anderson uh movie it definitely um has uh some m79 vibes i thought yeah I, i i completely agree it felt like it felt like 75% LP1, 25% Contra. Agreed, which makes sense because it was um, released. Um, was So it wasn't released until 2010, but it was on the soundtrack in 20, 2008. So this um, very well could have been recorded with the LP1 stuff. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. It was recorded mm-hmm. closer to LP1 than it was to mm-hmm. LP2. Okay. So it makes sense. Yet... It does, like you said, it still does have that like 25% Contra. It's a little bit more developed. Yeah, it's because it's not, there's less of, like there's there's less like pure CT and a drum kit. There's less like Bayo pure bass. Like there's a little bit of guitar work, but it's a lot of like, a lot of classical instruments. Mm-hmm, agreed. And harpsichord. I guess that's still kind of LP1. Yeah, it's- Whatever, whatever. It, the themes themselves, I would say, are very contra. Mm, yeah, I guess. 
I don't know. It's like, I feel like it's more of like a grown up LP one than it is a Contra thing. Yeah. But it, 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 because we've, we've talked about how thematically Contra is pretty cohesive. And I would say this is leaning towards, I mean, we'll get to this, but it feels like, it feels like a few years older version of LP one. Yeah, I agreed. I, I do think it makes sense that this was packaged with Holiday, considering the music video for Holiday, where they're yes. dressed up as aristocrats. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely fits in well with that. Um, but yeah, what what are your thoughts on the song? First of all, it's a banger. Um, it's weird because it's like it's a four minute song, but it feels like the second half of it is purely instrumental, which is good. I mean, it's it's good instrumentation, and there's absolutely a theme here. I guess the question is how tightly, for lack of a better word, you want to read the theme. I think it's pretty cohesive thematically. I just think it's more of a, a looser commentary on the subject. I saw a number of folks, because the subject here, it, it generally is some sort of critique on wealth, right? And I personally read this to be kind of more of a general, like, looser stab at an, at an individual kind of realizing these things. Some people made the case online that I saw it's a bit more narrative than that, and there's actually kind of a quote-unquote story here. Um, I saw it as more kind of like a, a more like 40,000-foot view kind of a view of what's going on with this, but I'm curious what you were thinking on that. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I did not uh, get the impression that it was a story and more just a commentary on wealth in this very LP1 picture uh, establishing shot instead yeah, I mean, of a story. This this Tumblr blog where I found that little the trivia tidbit was trying to make the case or didn't even try and make the case. They just simply stated the fact that, oh, we have a, we have a young man trying to woo a young woman. And like, I really didn't get much of that impression here at all. Um, there's a little bit of a sense of some male female tension um, in like the second part of the first verse, but I never really got an understanding that that was the theme of the song overall. I think there's I think there's more to more to it than that, but also it's less specific than that. Yeah, my my question is how come the few soundtrack songs we get from Vampire Weekend or Ezra um, are bangers? I mean, I promise you we just did last week and then you have uh, Jonathan Lowe. They're, they're good songs. And they're three very different songs too. Yeah. You know, um, three very yeah. different movies, obviously, um, but three very different songs, but they're bangers. It You're feels, absolutely right. It feels like oh, with these soundtrack songs, uh, Vampire Weekend kind of uses them to as a time to experiment with their sound. Yeah, because you're right. Jonathan Lowe... I think most particularly did not sound like anything else they've ever done. And mm-hmm. this, this feels very familiar. Um, there were times where I promise you felt familiar, um, but you're right. It's just a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It is interesting. I was looking at like songs featured vampire weekend songs featured in movies and TV and there's a lot, but um, apparently three other vampire weekend songs were featured in Peter rabbit. Um cousins kids don't stand a chance in m79 but wow um, but yeah there's there's music has been included in a lot of stuff 
And it looks like M79 is the intro for the chair on Netflix. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it makes a good intro song. We also just haven't gotten M79 yet. No, but... Like, that's going to be a top five song for me. I might, I can say that with <laughs> near certainty, but we just haven't done it yet. Yeah, there's there's a lot ahead. Um, but diving into current week's song, um, we've already touched on how the themes are kind of this wealth and aristocratic um, feeling going about. But diving into verse one, Ottoman couch, how handsome your furniture, lovelier now, but dressed for a funeral, begging you to sit for a portrait on the wall, to hang in the dark of some parliamentary hall. So yeah, I, I get the feeling that this is just establishing a setting of these very rich, wealthy aristocrats, mid 1800s kind of feel I was getting, maybe early 1900s. Um, and it's just like, oh, yeah, it's time for me to sit for my portrait for them to hang it on the wall. Yeah, I think there's a point to be made specifically um, with that last line there to hang in the dark of mm -hmm. some parliamentary hall. And I think there is some sense and I feel like this theme is explored a little bit later in this song as well, uh, where when you have all these material things um, with each thing you continue to have and gain there's just less meaning to each individual item you possess, you know? So having a portrait made, I mean, if a commoner for whatever reason had a, had a portrait of themselves made or got their pictures taken, like it's a big deal. Like if you and your family go down to the department store, get your nice family pictures taken, like you're going to put that on the mantle. Right. Um, was your and that's family just, that type of, we did, we never, I think like when I was like a kid, kid, we went to JC Penney's and did that. But yeah, I think the, so too. The last, the last time we properly posed for a portrait, I think it was actually for like a church directory for like all the parishioners. Mm. Um, I was probably eight. Um, we even sat for like a family picture like that in a while. Um, probably not since then. But like, that's a big deal for families, right? To get a nice little mm -hmm. picture taken and to have a portrait of yourself taken and then put like in the corner of your 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 your, your grand hall or whatever where it's not going to be seen. It 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 almost gives the sense that it's like transactional and it doesn't have as much meaning, you know. Definitely. Yeah. I I, I like that on how the more you have, the less it means. Mm -hmm. it, it definitely the theme I get here. What is your opinion on Ottomans? I think um, in person, I mean, my my laptop is currently resting on an Ottoman. Um, I actually think that this has absolutely nothing to do with the Ottoman Empire. There's absolutely no no relation whatsoever to the Ottoman Empire. I, well, I thought Ottomans were named after the Ottoman Empire. I'm sure they were. Yeah, but I think in terms in the context of this in this song oh agreed. there's no there's no there's no mention of the empire and I think some people tried to make that connection and I just I disagree. You think Vampire Weekend is not making a colonialism argument again, as always? Why not? You know, maybe in an alternate <laughs> no, I, universe. I agree. I, agree. I don't all, think it not? has anything to do with it. <laughs> I think this is much more simple commentary on wealth. This is far else. closer to, like, giant. And giant, we kind of talk about, might not actually mean anything. Mm -hmm. But this, like, I think, like we said, loosely means something. It's just not, like, super, super pointed. It's yeah. really exploring a general idea. Definitely. Elegant clothes. You want to be seen with her. So I think that's where a lot of people get the guy pining for a girl. But yeah, I agree. I don't really see it. 
under your tweeds you sweat like a teenager that's a great line that's that might be the best line begging you to sit for a portrait on the wall to hang in the dark of some parliamentary hall um so yeah i I think it just speaks to no matter how wealthy and how nice you dress you're still gonna be a nervous person like like it doesn't change who you are totally um I'm not like rich, but I've had my needs met as a kid that I'm still nervous around chicks. I mean, it happens to the best of us, right? Um, <laughs> no, but it's it's funny because like tweed, like a tweed jacket is obviously very much a symbol of wealth, right? Um, and yeah, you're right. You could very you could very easily imagine like think of um, I mean, there's 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 very e- easily some sort of Wes Anderson character like this. Picture the rich kid who like can't talk to girls. Um, it's totally mm-hmm. a thing. It's totally there. And someone, I think it was on Genius, loosely made the connection that maybe the character here is not only nervous about this gal, um, but is potentially nervous about their status overall. You know, you could almost feel unnerved um, about being rich. You know, Mm -hmm. no one, no one decided to be born, but more specifically, no one decided to be born rich. You know, like it's not your fault to be born wealthy, um, but maybe this individual is now coming to terms with that idea, you know, is coming to terms with the idea of, oh, I'm, I'm in a wealthy family. And maybe in some weird way, it's almost like an imposter syndrome. Yeah, I mean, it, there's definitely discomfort in addressing your own privilege. So I, I could definitely see that being the case here. And someone did make the point that maybe this is a almost metaphor for vampire weekend addressing their fame privilege from the first mm-hmm. lp and just like how weird that is it's like you're famous but you still are this college kid who doesn't know how to act so. yeah totally um and it's not like super related but also on um contra we got cousins you know which kind of explores similar themes you know yep. so it's it's definitely something that was on their mind right so i think i think that's absolutely a read of this mm-hmm. and then today is for you they laid it out for you for you there will be six bells ringing in white women singing for you but this feels so unnatural peter gabriel too so the return of the line. <laughs> it's pretty sick. Um, and if we think about it, how it was used in the first context, did we ever really come to a conclusion as to why that was used? I think it was just fun. <laughs> yeah. And I don't really know why it's here. And I'm curious where you copy your lyrics from because the read of it actually here is, at least from where I saw it, but this feels so unnatural to Peter Gabriel. I, I saw that on Apple Music, but on Genius, it's not. And I, don't think I it went is. ahead and yeah. listened, and I don't hear that too at all. I don't, yeah, I don't think it is either. I just wanted to, to bring that up because that would be weird, right? Well, um, it would be, I think that would be cool because Peter Gabriel had already commented on how it feels so unnatural to hear his own name or to speak his own name. Yeah. So it would kind of be an allusion to that. But no, I, I think it's just repeating the same lyric which is fun right oh yeah very fun. and again it, it it could be a self-aware of the fact they're famous you know mm-hmm. self-aware of this new status of theirs and also again it could be nothing they could just be doing it yeah definitely uh but the 
that line there, um, well, today's for you, they laid it out for you. I think my initial read of that is it speaks to the idea of if you're wealthy, of you're of a high status, like stuff's ready for you, you know? Yeah, things are um, It's It's almost like, it's almost giving me uh, Dead Poet Society vibes where the dad like really wants his son to be a doctor and is basically mm. forcing him to be a doctor, you know? Yeah. It's like that kind of laid out for you, you know? I see. So yeah, his future is already determined. There's Maybe not, not determined, but like that that's at least where my mind first went. But in some sense, the idea of like, we have this, this way prepared for you in some fashion. Mm-hmm. And who are the white women singing for them? This, I don't know. I'm not really sure. This could be some like antiquated version of wealth where you just have women hanging around. Um, I doubt that's it, unless there's some sort of cue I'm missing. So yeah, Ezra actually did a feature on Chromio's album, White Woman, like in 2014. I saw that. Yeah. So uh, that's an interesting link, but I I viewed it kind of as this upper society is filled with only really white women. And so like the chorus or the choral uh, group that sings at the church is gonna be white women. And so maybe this is a wedding, maybe this is something else, but um, like the pronouncement of him arriving is like white woman singing. That I, I I like that read of it. I also never really considered the potential that this is a wedding. Yeah, because that would make sense why there's six bells are ringing. Yes, I like that. Could be could very well be a this is not my beautiful house, this is not my beautiful wife kind of moment. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> what is the six number on twelve days of Christmas? Six geese laying. Six geese laying. Okay. Mm. So not maybe maybe, maybe the is geese are all women. In the twelve days. Was it 12, 12 drummers drumming, 11 pipers piping, 10 lords a leaping, nine ladies dancing, nine ladies dancing. There you go. Nine white women singing. <laughs> nine. <laughs> it was actually edited for political correctness. For political, yeah, they were, they, there's, <laughs> we, we found a deep track. Low quality. It was a studio outtake, but you know, we, we found it for you guys. And we're not allowed to show it on here because Sony be coming through for our throats. <laughs> yeah. Man, all of the cards and all the time it took, soon it's all lines of red in a leather book, begging you to wait for a minute by the door, your creeping feet where they've never been before. So yeah, I, okay, this is starting to make sense. So yeah, I definitely think that was like in reference to a wedding of some sorts, because it's like soon it's all lines of red in a leather book, like almost like a divorce, right? So I actually read this to be, if you're wealthy, how are you going to be remembered? You know, mm. you might, I mean, you'll be written about somewhere, but is that really like for the vast majority of like, you know, quote unquote, like wealthy people who are just like, you know, executives or business owners or something like you'll be remembered by like the people in that field or mm-hmm. like your family, but it's not like you're going to be spoken about like a president or like some sort of like, significant social figure or musician like i don't think about steve jobs every time i open my laptop right (laughs) despite the fact that he actually was more of a a figure than many other rich people you know 
Um, that was my initial look at it was that it's this idea of a um, wealth being transient in the sense that like once you're dead, it's not going to be there anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. Like that was that my first reading. Read but if you want to read it as a wedding, that's kind of a cool thing, you know? Yeah, that's that's no. another way to take this. I, I, I would agree with your take on that. That is kind of when you're when you die, what what remains? Because then to me, I'm also I'm reading those two lines together. You know, after all the costs, all the time we took to put this together, I'm just gonna be remembered in name and potentially in a paragraph on my, my Wikipedia article, you know. Mm -hmm. Um but beyond that, like what did I really do? Yeah. Despite all this stuff I have, despite all these things I did, you know. Agreed. Now, what we really need to talk about is the Kid Cudi uh, remix, maybe. I don't or, know what you'd call this. Yeah. Cutter uh, is I, back I, if anyone yeah. wants to listen to it. <laughs> I know and, nothing about Kid Cudi, so I'm going to let you take this. Yeah. So he rapped over Ottoman track um, and did a pretty good job at it. But I think this fully fully confirms vampire weekend is wavy because kid cuddy is a famous collaborator with kanye and has been on all of his albums except jesus is king since my beautiful dark twisted fantasy in 2010 was he so, on no he was on yeah he was on uh, 808s too i was gonna say yeah he was totally on 808s yeah so since the, 808s his flow on this song actually reminded me of what's the track is it welcome to heartbreak uh i don't think he's on that one i thought he was on um amazing no no that's um oh he's not face? credited is he not credited he's not credited on most of his features because a lot of times he's just like humming <laughs> 808's and Heartbreak really is a fantastic album. And I know he Ezra in the four past. Of the songs. Really? Yeah. So I Ezra mean, he the... probably was showing uh, Kanye. He's like, hey, check this out. I just rapped over this beat. And Kanye's like, yo, who's that? He's like, Vampire Weekend. It's like, oh, dope. That's uh, they're great. aware. Welcome to Heartbreak featuring Kid Cudi. Yeah, that's what okay. I thought. The flow, yeah, the flow reminded me of that. And it's funny because I remember on a TC episode a long time ago. Ezra was talking about how, like, you know, when Kanye left or departed from what he did on graduation to 808s, it's like this guy's doing something totally different, and yet it's still his, and it's still really freaking good. Mm -hmm. And he was personally pretty inspired by that. Um, it also makes me think of what a Ezra Rostam production duo could genuinely do on a hip hop record. <laughs> yeah it would be or like a like a rhythm and blues slash hip-hop record you know because the, there could be something there but yeah the connections are strong between kanye and vampire weekend so i think this further solidifies the case <laughs> that vampire weekend is confirmed wavy who were the other people in the room with him in that video uh i don't know it says directed by jason goldwatch i think there's like some of his producers there's no one recognizable to me i also didn't know what kid cuddy looked like before that video so that was oh, really? to me. no scott miscuti uh, he's had an interesting career yeah and it's he's clearly had his issues as well but the fact that he's 
continue to collaborate with Kanye is definitely been a plus for him. I mean, some of his solo stuff's been fantastic. Um, he's been lucky. Yeah. But yeah, overall, it's a fantastic song. There's honestly not much to it. It's just three verses and a chorus. And like you said, a lot of instrumental part. But I really like it. It's mm-hmm. it's top tier for me. I would agree. It's it's a really fun song. Um, and the fact that I didn't I didn't hear it for the first time until we were probably a solid third of the way into the discography. Because I just it wasn't on an album, so I didn't think to listen to it. Or didn't yeah. even know about it really. Yeah. So favorite lyric. You're gonna let me go first. Well then it's gonna so. be it's gonna be um shoot, where is it? Under your tweeds, you sweat like a teenager. Yeah, I'll, I'll go, but this feels so unnatural, Peter Gabriel too. I guess if you have an opportunity to take it again, then yeah, yeah. you might as well. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, that's why I let you go first. <laughs> Top five. This life, stranger. Give me Flower Moon. I think Flower Moon deserves getting the top five for me, for now at least. Uh, Unbelievers. Ladies of Cambridge. I'm going to go Flower Moon, Ottoman. Oh! Jumping in. Um, Spring Snow. Um. Everlasting Arms, Unbearably White. Fantastic. So, Contra is getting cut off. I need to. Yeah, it's. I need I'm, to get a I, Contra track back in there. I'm, I'm trying to think what would have had a chance, like Cousins, maybe. Um, because we're not done with Contra, right? We still have. I think that's the most have, done we are out of. We haven't album. done Orchada, but we might have actually done everything else. Um. Yeah, we've done pretty much everything. That's wow. the only one we haven't done. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hat for this week is a NASA hat because space is cool. Space is very cool. Song for next week. The kids don't stand a chance. Okay. Play the there hits. we go. Play them the hits. So tune in next week to hear us talk about the kids don't stand a chance. Take it easy, folks. Thank you.